Today on Dramatic Impact, the independent director, playwright, and performer David Van Bell tells us how the style and mode of creation of One Yellow Rabbit have influenced him and how performance creation differs from other more traditional forms of theater. You create work that means something to you and means something to the people that you're working with and you live within a particular environment, within a particular community. It's a question of artists who are part of a community speaking to other members of their communities. I would say that that's a, a big advantage in doing performance creation work. Hello and welcome to episode three of Dramatic Impact. I'm your host, Elaine Elrod, and this is a podcast from Theatre Alberta. On this podcast, we present voices and ideas from the Alberta theatre community. In this episode, you'll hear the second of four interviews that I conducted and recorded at Playworks Inc. 2007 in Calgary last November. For those of you who are new listeners, Playworks Inc. is Alberta's provincial theatre conference and is co-presented by Theatre Alberta and Alberta Playwrights Network. Today we're going to hear from David Van Bell. David has collaborated on numerous original works for the theater as a playwright, performer, and director. He has an MFA in directing from the University of Calgary and was a member of Calgary's One Yellow Rabbit Theater Company for six years. As part of that company, he helped create plays such as Dream Machine, Somalia Yellow, and Hayride. He also co-wrote the play Friction for One Yellow Rabbit about the liberation of Holland at the end of World War II. As an independent theater artist, he has co-written X-Ray with David Reimer and Kira Bradley, Picnic with Doug Curtis, David Reimer, and Eleanor Holt, and Dragonfly with Anita Miotti and Ken Cameron. Most recently, he was the sole playwright of the play Beard, which he performed in Calgary and Toronto. He's also the sole playwright of Everything is Terribly Nice Here, which had a reading at Playworks Inc. 2007 and will soon have a reading at the University of Alberta Drama Department on March 28th and 29th in Edmonton, and David will be in attendance. David's plays deal head-on with contemporary stories and contemporary issues. They often have a strong visceral and physical element, and sometimes include song and dance. For example, the play X-Ray, which he co-wrote with David Reimer and Kira Bradley and also performed in for Ghost River Theatre in 2004, zeroes in on on a character who is struggling with the issue of personal responsibility. For the central character, who is a young woman, this is a struggle that takes place both in the context of a violent incident that occurs across the hall in her neighbor's apartment, and in the context of the aftermath of September 11th. The audience is introduced to her inner struggle through two song and dance men, who are figments of her imagination. They take her on a kind of tour that includes Guantanamo Bay's Camp X-Ray, Abu Ghraib prison, and even a church service with the Bush family in attendance. The play Everything is Terribly Nice Here is also about recent events and has as its inspiration the 2004 murder of Theo Van Gogh. 
Van Gogh was a provocative and very outspoken Dutch filmmaker who made a controversial 10-minute film about the abuse of Muslim women. The film was aired on Dutch television. Van Gogh was later murdered by a Dutch Muslim man with terrorist connections. The play relocates the events in Canada. I participated in the workshop on performance creation that David taught at Playworks Inc. 2007. Performance creation is a mode of creation in which an ensemble of theater artists pull together to create an original theatrical work. It's different from traditional theater in which the starting point for a performance is a script, often written in isolation well before the group of people involved in the production come together. The performance creation workshop that he facilitated and taught had a large number of participants and was really exhilarating. We were all thrown headlong into creating a character for the scenario chosen by David. We wrote monologues for our newly created characters on the first day, scenes on the second day, and at the end had a reading of the entire creation. At the end of the first day of such an amazing creative experience, I had to quickly adjust to get into the very different headspace of conducting and recording an interview. We met in the same space where the workshop was held. We were in the Jack Singer Rehearsal Hall, deep in the bowels of the Epcor Center in Calgary, where the Calgary Philharmonic Orchestra rehearses. Welcome, and thank you so much for taking time from what I know is a very busy schedule for you here at Playworks Inc. You're an actor, singer, writer, and director, and, a, and have also been a dramaturg. Mm -hmm. When did you first start creating theater, and did you begin as a performer, as a writer, or as a director? I guess I probably first began as an actor, just when I was a kid, you know, in grade school plays and high school plays, uh, just sort of grew on me. I started directing probably when I was about 14 or so. I worked for a children's theater company in my hometown of uh, Hamilton, Ontario. And it's been mostly performing uh, up to a certain age, and then I kind of shifted gears into directing for a while, and I just sort of sort of changed between jobs back and forth when I you know, when the opportunity arises and when I feel like it. How did it happen that you got um, pulled into directing at such a young age? Well, I was interested in performing for this company, and I did one show for them uh, as, a, as a, a young man. And then it just seemed that they needed some help with the next production, and so I sort of, you know, jumped into that and found out that I liked it. And so I kept doing it, and when I was an undergraduate, I tended to take more of the, the directing courses and sort of geared my studies towards that and went so far as to get my MFA in directing. Great. So what was it that excited you about and attracted you to the theater? Oh, now that's a good question. What attracted me to it? I think I just liked the excitement of it at first when I was a, a, a kid. I'm not a really outgoing person. I'm not a, a huge extrovert, but I somehow really got off on on the idea of just sort of being in a room with people and and playing, you know? So uh, I think that was sort of the, the initial attraction, just the excitement of it. Okay. Could you talk about your association with One Yellow Rabbit here in Calgary? I want to know how it began <laughs> and how it has influenced you. Sure. I just actually sort of stumbled right into One Yellow Rabbit. I always knew about their work uh, before I came out to Calgary. 
I uh, moved to Calgary in 1999 when I started doing my MFA at the University of Calgary. And as I was finishing my MFA, uh, Ken Cameron, who used to be the assistant director of Von Yellow Rabbit, came to uh, the drama department and said that he was looking for an intern director for the next show, uh, sort of a, a, an unpaid hangout in the rehearsal room, uh, make myself useful kind of job. And I had just finished directing my thesis show and I was sort of in the process of writing my MFA thesis after that. And wanted to take a little bit of break uh, from, from the writing and I was sort of being funded by the university to, to write my, my thesis. And so, you know, money wasn't too much of an issue. And so uh, I got hired on as an intern director on a production called Featherland. And the irony is that uh, that was the first One Yellow Rabbit show that I had ever seen. Uh, okay. It was the one that I had worked on, and Blake Brooker used to make fun of me on that because uh, he would always ask me about previous shows that they had done and if I remembered <laughs> them, even though he knew that, that this was the first show that I had worked on. Okay. And after we had done that show, I, I'd had a, just a, a, a very good time working with them. I really liked the work. I liked the people that I was working with and, and just sort of said to myself, oh, well, this is the kind of place that I would like to work. Did you know what you were getting into when you went in for that internship? No, absolutely not. Okay. Because soon after that, Ken left to become the executive director of the Alberta Playwrights Network. And they sort of said, well, you know, who's it going to be that's going to replace Ken? Who's the new Ken? And they all sort of said unanimously, unanimously well, it's, it's got to be David. And as for how it has changed me over the years, uh, indelibly, absolutely changed my aesthetic. I did not work so much in the, the field of performance creation. I had worked uh, three years before that as part of the Ensemble of Theatre and Company in Kitchener, which was a, a regional theatre that did sort of existing plays and, and that sort of thing. We did a little bit of creation work there, but not as sort of our mainstay. But it wasn't even just so much that it was performance creation work. It was that it was so bold in the way that they created it. And uh, I had no idea how that would work in front of an audience. So when we were rehearsing Featherland, I was kind of out to sea at first. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, you know, how does this work? Do, you know, does the audience actually respond to this? And it's <laughs> like, well, all right, we'll just put the thing up and see how it goes. And, and the show was beautiful. And audiences really responded to it. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, as they do to, you know, uh, much of One Yellow Rabbit's work, just a, a real sense of engagement there. So they're real risk takers and they're really people that follow their own aesthetic mm. and I think that was sort of the challenge to me what's your aesthetic and how are you gonna how are you gonna pursue it so do you mind if I ask like was there an age difference between you and the members or yes. what was it, what was that like what yeah. kind of a spread was there uh well they're all sort of the longtime members with the exception of Andy Curtis well uh, Michael Green Denise Clark and Blake Brooker they're all in there in their early 50s now. I'm 36, so there's a, a bit of an age gap there. Just after I became part of the ensemble, we invited another ensemble member in, uh, Analia Gilbertson, who is uh, younger than I am. She's um, in her early 30s, a few years younger than I am. So there's, you know, sort of the, there is a bit of an age gap in the, in the company. Okay. So what do you think the greatest benefits are for the experience of the audience for theater artists and for theater as an art form of creating plays in a non-traditional way? Oh, wow. 
You could start with any part of that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think first off, you get work that is specifically tailored to your environment. You create work that means something to you and means something to the people that you're working with. And you live within a particular environment, within a particular community. It's a question of artists who are part of a community speaking to other members of their communities. I would say that that's a, a big advantage in doing performance creation work. And to, to build that relationship between audience and artist, I think, is tremendously important. And we would always, at One Yellow Rabbit, would sort of continue that connection by physically, so that after a show, we wouldn't just sort of, you know, hang out in the dressing room and then run off to the, the Auburn and go drinking with the, our, our theater friends. But we'd come down to the, the Big Secret Theater, which is One Yellow Rabbit's home space, has its own bar. We'd come down and we have a drink at the bar and meet with the audience members if they want to stick around. And, and it's not like you can't talk to the artists or anything. You can ask them questions and just sort of engage the work in maybe a, a different way. So a really strong sense of community. Could you just maybe give an example of something you remember about that connection? Maybe a conversation or a particular play that had an effect on people? Or Sure. We did a play a number of years ago called Friction, which we sort of wrote together. And it was one of three plays that we had up at the High Performance Rodeo for that, that commemorated the 60th anniversary of the liberation of Holland. We had a Dutch company and a German company and uh, our company doing, uh, each doing plays about the liberation of Holland from their own national perspective. And uh, our play Friction was about Canadian soldiers during the liberation of, of Holland. And uh, afterwards, I always felt that people always wanted to talk to us about it uh, because they had had a grandfather that was in the war or their father or some kind of connection there. So the experiences would come out and, and people were really engaged by it and really, I think, touched by the piece. And so it was like when we went to the bar afterwards, we had sort of told stories to them and then they wanted to tell oh. stories to us. Okay. And I thought that's a, that's a good deal for sure. Yeah. 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 What are the biggest differences for an actor who is involved in non-traditional performance creation? For example, how is the process of developing and rehearsing the role yeah. different? You take a lot more responsibility for your role and for your work in it. Um, it's not like if you get a text or if you get a, a script handed to you. If there are things that you're not sure about, you know, that's your task. I mean, that's a separate difficult task. Uh, to make it believable and to uh, sort of bring your own actor's craft to it. But when you're creating, you're often writing your own role while you're performing it. So that certainly is an advantage in that you can sort of write and speak with the same voice. But it's difficult in that if something isn't working, it's your responsibility mm. <laughs> to, to find out why and to, and to make it work. And you don't always know, is that a is that a writing problem or is this an acting problem? How, how can I make this particular section work? And how does that usually happen? Is it usually something the person realizes themselves or that's pointed out to them? Or how does that... Both. Okay. In working for One Yellow Rabbit, uh, Blake Brooker, the uh, artistic director, uh, I think who directs performance creation tremendously well, particularly because he is, has been working with the same ensemble for years. There's a huge amount of trust between the director and the performers. 
Um, so much so that Blake, I think, wisely has kind of a hands-off approach early on in the process so that he can let the performers sort of figure it out for themselves and find, because if he tells them something, it just won't be as authentic to them, it won't mean as much to them as if they figure out their own way through it, their own, their own solution. So he starts that way, being very hands-off and maybe just giving a little bit of gentle guidance and kind of a broad-stroking sort of way. And then when the actors are kind of more on their feet and have a little bit more of an idea of what they're, what they're doing and how it's going, then he'll go through and sort of do like a, a scrub through, and then he will give specific direction on things, hmm. um, which I, I find a really uh, useful way of working, particularly when you know who the artists that you're working with are and you have uh, a lot of respect for their work. For you as an actor... What is the key to creating the emotional intensity of a scene or speech? Is there anything about the non-traditional performance creation process that makes this easier? This is probably a generalization, but this is just sort of from my experience. I have found that sometimes in a performance creation environment, some of the more traditional rules or somebody who's a, a method-based uh, actor, sometimes those tools don't necessarily work because you are sometimes asked to go from one emotional extreme to another. Mm. And in a method actor, they want to sort of conjure that up from, from inside and find the emotional reality to let that emotional intensity out in the performance. Sometimes it has to happen the other way around in performance creation. A, a, a specific example of this, I just directed a show called Closure by Ty Samaka, independent production. Um, was that here? That was in here. Calgary? That was, yeah, here in Calgary. It was at the Epcor Center in Motel. And one of the actors that I worked with, brilliant, brilliant actor, but very method-based, uh, fine, detailed uh, work. I called him a, a scientist of the theater, just because I, I could watch his, uh, I, I could watch his observation and his recreation, and it, it, it was beautiful. But in one instance, we would go from a, a fairly abstract dance piece, which ended. It segued into a realistic scene, which began with him sobbing and sobbing and sobbing mm. on the bed. And he says, oh, how can I do this? Mm. You know, uh, uh, because it's sort of outside of that realm, right? Uh, and my suggestion to him was, well, uh, uh, something that I learned through the rabbits is uh, fake to real. So fake it first mm. and then let the emotional uh, resonance come from it. And that kind of went against his grain as a mm. as sort of a method actor, and he wasn't quite sure what to do with it. But he, uh, I think, trusted me enough to to sort of give it a shot. And you know, it really, you know, uh, in my opinion, in the end, it really worked for him. So. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, what would be a dream project for you? Oh. <laughs> okay. To work with good friends and collaborators. I have a number of of favorite collaborators here in town. David Reimer's one, Anita Miotti is another one of those. Eric Rose, to work with good friends and collaborators, the people that I have a lot of trust in, mm -hmm. because then uh, I can let myself go free and follow my impulses without feeling like I have to impress somebody or if somebody's going to go, wait a minute, I don't know if I buy that, because um, people that I've worked with before and that, that I have a good working relationship uh, with, there's a, there's a high level of trust. And so they, you know, will sort of let me, let me run with it. 
uh, a project that's not so technically huge that I get bogged down in details all the time, um, where the focus is on the performers. The focus is on the the work that we're doing as actors and directors, and oh, you know, okay. uh, that's that's uh, a dream for me, and something that would be sort of uh, adventurous as well. Something something new, maybe something new in in terms of content, but also something that's new in terms of of form. Okay, so what kind of theater work or what kinds of themes? You can answer this using any approach you want. Are sort of most you know, closest to your heart? What is it that, that you hope to accomplish? I think I can only probably describe that or answer that question maybe just by, I, I guess the themes that are most important to me are the ones that keep showing up in my work, you know? Uh, I don't think I have a particular axe to grind, but yet there are sort of resonances that keep coming around. There's a political resonance there for sure in some of the stuff that I've written and produced in the past, and it's also uh, very much in my, my new play, which is about the, the murder of uh, Theo van Gogh and has a, a lot to do with sort of the, uh, as they say in the, the, the description, the, the politics of religious conviction. Certainly, spiritual questions are always in my mind. I was raised uh, very religious and uh, still am in a way, although in maybe a little less orthodox way. But those questions of the soul and of the spirit are very much in in my mind. I would say those two are, are probably up there. Okay, and are they linked, the, the sort of ethical point of view of spirituality, or...? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Yeah, I, I think sometimes, oh, David, why are you such a downer, man? <laughs> Your stuff is so heavy. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that actually might be something that... that I would like to write next might be um, something a little more comic and just try out my chops that way. The last play that I directed, uh, this play Closure again, I had a chance to sort of try out my comic chops as a director and uh, kind of enjoyed that and sort of felt, oh, wow, okay, maybe I'm not just a big stick in the mud. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so, yeah, I'd like to explore that. Okay, so just to wrap up, what are some upcoming projects that you're involved in? Sure. Right after this, uh, starting on Tuesday, I'm working with Calgary Philharmonic Orchestra, directing a new children's play that's going to be with the Philharmonic playing uh, on stage called uh, Paintbrush for Piccolo, which is about uh, Michelangelo. Wow. Uh, that's going to be a big challenge for me. It's, uh, the script is by Anne Gatha. And then after that, I'm going to direct a piece at One Yellow Rabbit's High Performance Rodeo, which is uh, One Yellow Rabbit's annual performance festival called uh, Garden Cities of Tomorrow, by uh, it's a musical written by a, a local music artist, uh, very talented, very a woman with a really unusual aesthetic, which I love. Uh, her name is uh, Lullaby Baxter, and hmm. uh, that's going to go up at the at the festival. And that will be, uh, I think, a, a little more unusual piece. So, uh, and is that February? Is that January? What? January. Yeah, January okay. 15 and 16. It's going to go up at the High Performance Rodeo. Well, thank you again. I really enjoyed getting to know you better. Yeah, I know. A real treat. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the interview. Next month is an interview with Calgary-based director and dramaturg Vanessa Porteous, and then in May I interview the Vancouver-based playwright Trina Davies, who is from Edmonton. 
Please consider signing up for Theatre Alberta's monthly email newsletter, TAE News. It's free of charge and is chock full of useful and interesting theatre news and information, including postings for jobs and auditions. In addition, the e-news is one more way that we can reach you and ask for your input and also ensure that you always know how and where to download our content. You can sign up for the e-news at the Theatre Alberta website, www.theateralberta.com. Click on the Publications menu button and choose e-news. The only information you're required to provide us is your email address. As always, we welcome your feedback, so please write us at programmer at theateralberta.com. Send in your questions and ideas and help us to include your voice in this podcast. I'm Elaine Elrod. So long until next time.